Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Dr. Kid, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It has, again! Here we are. It's still coming to this. Back in Studio Shackleford. That's what I'm calling it. Ben Shackleford Shackleford Studios. Farms. The sha- yeah, the Shackleford Farms. Ooh, the sh- I like in, that. In the shack. We're in the shack. And uh, welcome back to the shack. Have you ever called it the shack, Ben? No. no. <laughs> Engineer Ben. He's got... Uh, letting us back into in the a, shack. In a twist, though, he just has posters for like... Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, all Shack like, attack like uh, everywhere. Blue chips and like we're in the Shack room. and all those like. No. Yeah, it's all like just in the Shack zone. Yeah, loves it. Blue chips, yeah, yeah man, classic chips. <laughs> <laughs> Scrambling to think of Shaquille oh, O'Neal movies. Those, that's it. That's the, it. There's we been, covered there's it. two of them. Yeah, covered the base. Well, uh, I'm Charlie. This is Eric, uh, engineer Ben, at the uh, recording studio Thank sessions you, ben. here. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thanks, man. Uh, we're here to talk about movies because somebody ought to. Somebody needs to. You know? Um, somebody needs to fill that gap. And we have kind of a broad-ish topic based on two very recent theatrical releases. Yeah, we're doing another kind of what have you seen lately, but this episode is going to be Reboot City. Yeah. I think. Reboots. Specifically, we got Pet Cemetery and Hellboy. Absolutely. Uh, two yeah. very uh, controversial. Are, are they even controversial reboots? I don't well, mixed mixed reviews. Uh, yeah, I don't think controversy necessarily. I think more, um, especially in the case of Hellboy, confusion, uh, <laughs> like loathe, loathe, loath, yeah, loathsome. That too. That too. Uh, and I, yeah, they Pet really... Cemetery was more middle of the road reviews, whereas Hellboy was roundly just despised yeah. by critics. People it got were offended. Of, it got some of the meanest reviews. So we'll get into why and uh, maybe, you know, I just, I, I'm fascinated by why movies need to be rebooted rather than just continued, uh, you know, like a Godzilla series just continues. They just keep making new yeah. movies, adding on Child's Play. They didn't, you know, they just kept the they series going. Phantasm, they just kept play. the series going. They just kept doing Land Before you know, Time. Um, they basically rebooted it, you know, by the fourth one, but they didn't call it that they just kept the series going yeah, so the, the acknowledgement of reboot yeah is a is kind of an obnoxious thing within a universe it's kind and of yeah tv and shows do it and me as a huge wrestling fan it's happened a lot and every time it's been awful you now, know what is a wrestling reboot like the character like the guy comes out as the old character it's or... as dumb as it sounds it, well because it, watching pro wrestling <laughs> you're expected this whole time to we know it's fake. We're in on this. Yeah, we. Get but sometimes it. they flat out acknowledge. Look, let's talk. Like this is real talking here, and it's always <laughs> stupid because then it's just acknowledging that. Like, look, we've had a lot of fun pretending these last few years. Yeah. But if we can be real right now, and so a wrestling reboot, it happened at the end of WCW a few times, and it's kind of happening right now in WWE where ratings are down. And so the owner, you know, in this case, Vince McMahon, in that case, Vince Russo, yeah. uh, as the booker, would come out and be like, look, 
this isn't working. <laughs> Things are going to be different from now. And they kind of turn it into this weird angle, but it's definitely a reboot, and it's stupid. So it's it's a, it's like they're trying to reboot just the whole storyline or whatever's going on. It's tr- it's them, the because the... when because wrestling reboot, I imagine like a young guy comes out as like Hulk Hogan, like the new Hogan or whatever. No, and they just no, have no, a no, new no. guy playing there the same character. There have been plenty of that. Would be there have been plenty of examples of very cool fake guys. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Where, but there's not just like the. It's like you know the and, reboot you know, is more like now. Now this guy's playing Spider Man. It's it's always like no, they don't do that for wrestlers. I guess no. Uh, a reboot in more terms of. We're acknowledging that we've been building these angles and stories. We're now acknowledging we're stopping those specific angles and stories. Right. Forget what you saw with this development because now it's something new. That makes sense. So it's really like insulting. In like the way that <laughs> like like Breaking Bad's not just like ooh this uh, him buying a a car wash as a way to launder money is is crazy. Right. We are backing ourselves in a corner. We're gonna stop. Forget what you knew about Walt buying this car. Like obviously no. I just have- imagine a, or like a guy coming out during Days of Our Lives being like, okay, look, the doctor's not his brother. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, our bad. Look, like let's just go back to I lost the April and. I scrambled, and so I just made up a diagnosis. I fucked up. Uh, yeah, and so there's various reboots like that, which are always insulting to viewers. Absolutely. But the new thing in movies is to reboot projects that are barely a decade old. Like, you're not even rebooting them for a new generation. The new gen- the generation that watched the movie originally is now just a little older. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and weird. That's uh, especially the case with the new Hellboy. Yeah, and uh, you know, and the Pet Cemetery reboot, uh, remake, you know, whatever you want to call it, is uh, very much like that same idea or a different idea of how the reboot is the cash grab. Yeah, <laughs> like Stephen King's popular now. You know what? Yeah. what can we remake? What's what, a thing that could you stand know, to be remade? That's what it felt like. Uh, leading up to it, anyways. But I ended up actually really liking the remake and of I Pet Cemetery. This you is did exciting not. because and you saw. I, I didn't even bother to see the new Hellboy because it got such, it got such bad, bad press. And uh, so I'm gonna. I'm very excited to hear what you thought yeah, of it yeah. as seeing that. So I think it, that's I where we're be, at today. Uh, I am confident that I will be a person with actual interesting things to say about Hellboy because a lot of the <laughs> criticisms that I read of it. Sounded like people that didn't actually see Hellboy. I'm not positive that any critics saw this movie. Right. Um, I, you, whether you, know. you think it's bad or good, a lot of the reviews are those ones like, I love Roger Ebert, but occasionally he would get so hung up on one weird detail in a movie that it would ruin an entire review. Like in, in Zoolander, he hated <laughs> Zoolander because they reference... They make a negative reference to an actual country that exists, hmm. and he was so offended that they used a real country in this nothing joke that it just dominated his review. And, wow! And, and so there so was critics, it Israel? I mean, what was the no, country? No, it was <laughs> it was oh, it was very insensitive. Oh, and so man. there's all critics have that in them. Yeah, and. Should we should we talk about Hellboy first or Pet Cemetery first? Because I can if we're talking Hellboy, I'm gonna just lead in with all of well, this uh, stuff. 
yeah, maybe we just do the Hellboy first, and you kind of give me everything. Uh, you know, just I can dump it out. I could tell you, you know, those original original Hellboy movies with Ron Perlman, uh, directed by uh, Del Toro. Yeah, way back in like um, seven. About yeah, like what two thousand four, <laughs> two thousand six. Yeah, they're not that old, and they were at the time kind of also mixed reviews, especially the first one. Um, yeah. And actually, you know, both of them, but but uh, they've gotten this kind of weird cult status now, maybe, yeah. or or you know, people now know who Guillermo del Toro is. Sure, and, sure. And before that, they probably did not know him because uh, he had done things either in Spain or or in uh, Mexico or right. Had He's done definitely d- doing uh, the biggest projects. Yeah, of so his that's life kind of where he point. comes to yeah prominence. But you know, Hellboy as a comic book has been around since the nineties. It's, again, another cult thing. So there's very much, like, ownership happening with this character of Hellboy. People who love Hellboy love Hellboy. Yes. You know, he's not just uh, kind of the casual character in, like, a giant Marvel universe. He's on Dark Horse. He's uh, very much his own universe. They've created a lot of offshoot, uh, you know, spinoff mm-hmm. series from him. And um, so, yeah, there's there's that to contend with. There's these old, old, you know, decade-old movies that now people have decided <laughs> they love. Yeah. When really there wasn't that much love for him to begin with, in my opinion. But now so, it's like looking back, you're like, oh yeah, people love Ron Perlman, and of course, and, I, a couple know, notes like great I, creature effects, obviously by Del yeah. Toro, and that's what makes it so uh, fun, especially that second one. I'm in agreement with you on the first uh, couple because I didn't love the first one, and it's a movie. But it's a movie I've seen like three times because it has such love from people. The fans of Hellboy are huge. And I think it's kind of one of those things where this beloved character in cult circles is perfectly cast. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think you see Ron Perlman and he just reads as Hellboy in this I, movie. I think like he it, specifically was like the one guy that both Del Toro and Mike Minola, yeah. who oh, I think comes up was, with the character in like the comic a, books, he was the one guy they wanted for this role. A decade plus long project. Yeah. yeah. That was po- like he, ref- I think it, it was like him was refusing a, yeah. to do Hellboy until a studio would agree to cast Ron Perlman. Right. So I think it's one of those perfect cases. And you could even say, weirdly enough, I can't believe I'm referencing this one, but like, Robin Williams is Popeye with Shelley Duvall as Olive Oil. It that makes... is not a movie I thought you were nope. about to reference. I pulled out the, the Alton's Popeye. Jeez Louise. Yeah. It is barely 2 o'clock, and I'm pulling out Robert <laughs> Alton's Popeye. But no, you think of a movie that, honestly, as much as you want it to work, I don't think it works, mm. Popeye. But it's like, I can't imagine them casting this any better. Like, who could find a better... Like, Olive oil, Shelley Duvall. That's of course, that's perfect. Right, that's that makes flawless. sense. Robin Williams. There couldn't be a better Popeye. But then it's just like, oh, maybe this just doesn't work then as a <laughs> as a thing. Um, and Hellboy. I'm not gonna say it's like Popeye, even though I just did. But I Kinda think there did. was like you assume. Oh, okay, perfect cast as Hellboy. Yes, you know Doug Jones, the perfect kind of. Uh, for his character and the movements, right? Selma Blair is yeah. The he's perfect... he's uh, Abe Sapien, the 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 fish man before, uh, sexy fish man before the his <laughs> sexy shape of water. Um, he, yeah. This was before he was a fish man that fucks. <laughs> this was his pre. Uh, and you know that that well that first uh, you know two thousand four and then the uh, Golden Army. That's the two thousand eight one. Mm-hmm. They had you know you got your John Hurt. 
Yeah. You, you got your summer blares. You got uh, a good cast. Fun. <laughs> Don't pluralize a singular <laughs> person here. There's no Selma Blairs. But, uh, but no, so I think a lot of fans want to love it enough because it is, you can't imagine a better cast yeah. to match up with the comics, um, that the execution kind of faltering at times is overlooked. Now, I will say Hellboy 2, I think, is excellent. And got really overlooked. I don't think that made money. I think that was a money loser. And I think it had a big budget. Because we get a whole cool underground world in that one. That yeah. I think is one of the better on-screen fantasy underworlds. I think that was one of the best realizations. Like, there were so many cool creatures. Such a cool, like, I don't know. That whole underground oh, bizarre kind yeah. of thing is no. so cool. It, it, it really gave Del Toro, like, all the things to play with and Mm -hmm. you know he he got to really do what he does best which is make monsters and make creatures and be imaginative uh in that way and yeah yeah uh, but yeah but that first hellboy is super beloved even though it's i don't think it's great i don't think it's a bad movie but it's it's just one of those things that has grown this yeah devoted audience which is cool which is a cool thing yeah but you know it's like there was going to be a third film and it never really got off the ground or, or whatever happened to it happened. And, um, but it's not like you saw fans storm in the streets demanding a third <laughs> yeah. movie. We need this third one. But then as soon as this reboot starts happening, all I see on the internet is like, no one but Ron Perlman could ever play mm-hmm. this role for all time and, you know, perpetuity. And, uh, I really was like, wait, Oh, Oh, I guess People we really strong... do love this movie. I mean, like, we are in a day of strong thoughts and opinions. Yes, there's a lot. It's all of, or nothing. There, these yeah, days, people man. are ex- all or nothing is the best way to put it. Internet, Twitter, all that is. You are all in on somebody, <laughs> and you need to act like your opinion is either shared by nobody but you, and you are proud of that, or you are one of many that are championing this thing that you feel is on. It's, right. You are. Everybody is pushing in all their chips on every single thing they talk about, and yeah, I was shocked too. Like. Oh, I mean, Hellboy movies were cool, but I had no idea they were such like. I didn't know they had reached like no Hellboy is my childhood like level like oh shit yeah exactly (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) glad to know yeah did not realize um yeah no they're fine they're fine that's kind (laughs) of where I'm at with the Hellboy movies like they're entertaining um I like the character as a character and you know Uh the, the the several trade paperbacks that I've read of his comics over the time always fun uh. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of grimacing as I say that, right? Because I'm like, eh, yeah, great. Yeah. So why can't we have a, re- you know, so why, why a, why is this not a third Hellboy? Just a, yeah. Why is this a reboot? And then I guess tell me, is it a reboot as in they reintroduce the character? Yeah. Like you don't know what's going on, or yeah, tell me, tell me about this new movie so. because. I heard it was garbage <laughs> and didn't go see it. I and mean, that's literally the only thing and, that's been uh, said about you it. You apparently had uh, two extra hours <laughs> in your week and than not I did. A, I don't think uh, so. Let's go into me and my Hellboy experience yeah. here. Here we go, guys. <laughs> here we go. Hold on. You must be this tall yeah. to enter the ride. Oh, boy. So I am. They need to be a sponsor of the show. If not a sponsor, <laughs> they need to just be let us advertise in their lobby. Because oh, I, here we go. I am the Third Street Cinema's yeah. devotee. We're, yep. We love it. 
This is, if you've listened to this show, you're very familiar with Third you Street will be, Cinemas. You will be, and you should be. <laughs> uh, I'm going to always bring it because I love it. It is one of the older theaters in Sonoma County. Yep. One of the only theaters. Oh, we're, we're, gonna, we're doing a whole, we're re, doing the, we're doing a whole I, history of the theater again. Every time I bring up Third Street, I am going <laughs> to lovingly recap the All right. why I love Third Street. It is just checking. It is cathartic to me <laughs> to just talk about Third Street. You know what? I won't stop you then. I want to rename the podcast right now. Uh, Third just, Street Stories? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. From the uh, lobby. Oh, we should start recording from the oh, lobby. See? There you go. Oh, that'd be right. fun. So the old candy machine. We'll talk to Neil. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's one of the only theaters in the county that's still left from when I was a kid mm-hmm. and first started going to movies. Everyone else is either shuttered up or there's been a new, more expensive, fancy stadium one in right. its place. Or it's like uh, even uh, Summerfield, you know, I grew up going to there when it Same. was the Rialto, yeah. but now it's it's a very different, they show the very uh, highbrow kind of Yeah, they're very niche uh L- still a great theater. Movies. Summerfield's awesome a great theater. theater. Very cool place. But, That's one of but them, it but... doesn't feel like a theater from my childhood. Yeah, when it was like, a, which is when which I was what a kid. That's like where I saw Hook. Yeah, or something. Right. You know, those movies are not Anaconda. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was right across from Howarth Park, which is mm-hmm. where my grandma would take me to play the character. Yeah, I lived over great. in Rincon Valley. We'd ride the bikes down. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, for our two listeners that are in Sonoma Childhood. County, you are digging this. Uh. This Santa so Rosa good. chat. <laughs> so yeah, Rialto is still one of the ones, or Summerfield is still standing. Yeah, and but different. Third Street's very different. And but Third, Third Street, Street Cinemas feels was the, the UA6. Mm-hmm. The big theater in the county. The biggest theater in the county. And now it is this dinky, tiny little place. But it's great. Yeah, They're the bargain second-run cinema. And I'm so thankful. There's so many cities that don't have a second-run cinema anymore. It's all just the big movies. Second run cinemas are so cool. Three seventy five per movie. Mm-hmm. The seats aren't as good. The screen's not as good. But they keep stuff up. The sound's really good. They yeah. do replace the seats because now that all the theaters got recliners, yeah, their nice seats became the Third Street seats. And so I am such a devotee of Third <laughs> Street that I check their listings every week. And if there's something. Pretty much any genre movie, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna see there. It's three seventy five, right? I get it. It's super entertaining. I bring in popcorn from home because I'm a doofus. <laughs> paying like you get nothing, the cheap ticket, paying still nothing bringing your own for a popcorn. ticket, and I'm still bringing a tote bag of snacks. Yeah, these guys are not gonna sponsor us now. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't buy the popcorn. No, buy I buy it. I get the kids packs. You do. Still. You are a you are a good theater Guys, customer. Kids packs. Yeah, They're you like get the kids packs. Seven bucks. You get a little popcorn. You get a little drink. You don't need a whole bag of that stuff. You get like a thing of M and M's. You don't need sixty four ounces of soda, but you no. get a little eight ounce cup. Yeah. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so perfect. I, I bring some snacks, you know, and uh, if it's just a genre, if it's horror, if it's sci fi, even if it gets garbage reviews, I'm gonna see it there and. What's crazy, my, my, I obsessively watch movies. Mm-hmm. I literally watch movies as often as I have dinner. Like, <laughs> it's true. Like, I watch, well, I, I okay. average at least a movie a day. Yeah. 
Um, you also stay up till like two in the morning I every do. morning I'm somehow. A, I'm a night owl. It's <laughs> stupid. I'm, I don't I'm, know why. I'm... It's funny because you always text me at like nine thirty, and I'm already like basically I know. in bed at that point. <laughs> I will send people texts at like two a.m. and be like, "What am I doing? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> why? Nobody is gonna be wanting this. Yeah. Like, at least you're aware of it. It's, it's after u- the fact, right? It's usually well, it's usually like if I don't send this now, I'm gonna forget about it. Right. So I'm I'm perfectly cool getting my answer at 7 30 in the morning yeah <laughs> uh yeah i don't i'm not a huge weekday sleep guy i stay up late so i can watch but movies basically yeah. and uh yeah and so i'm i've kind of changed a lot as a film viewer in the last few years because we you and me and our little movie group mm-hmm. have watched so many more cheap movies Right. We've really dove into like shot on video yeah. and direct to video, and I always had a fondness I mean, for direct to video stuff. Right, movies that are made by one guy alone. <laughs> yeah, like American movies. A lot movie of the style. same name yeah. coming up in the credits. Yeah, real um, passion projects. Um, but yeah, they're made made very cheaply in the eighties. Yes, kind of a thing. Yeah. And it's really cool DIY stuff, and the direct-to-video market was huge from, like, you know, 86 to, you know, maybe even as late as 95. And I think going back and watching a lot of that stuff removed from being a teenager and watching it now as a guy in his late 30s, I have such a fondness and appreciation for these genuine Mm B-movies. And it bums me out that B-movies now are just, like, seem like hastily done digital crap. Like they don't, the passion doesn't seem as there. It's more just people like, oh, it's gotten easy enough that I can throw this CGI together with a right. And, and they all come out on Netflix or on yeah. video on demand, so they don't even get the theater. Exactly, anymore. there's no way to see these B movies on the big screen. Yeah, and I don't like the B movies as much. So at some point over the last few years, I realized that my brain just kind of started thinking of a movie like Hellboy. Or a movie, you know, like when I see like Mortal Engines. You yeah, know, I yeah. saw that at Third Street. And that another movie that got panned and won't, even though it says there's, you know, it alludes to a sequel. There's definitely never <laughs> going to be a sequel. I think this movie did horrifically at the box office. Yes, yeah. Um, but they're making B movies with two hundred. Exactly, B movies are now just one hundred and thirty million dollars. Yeah, and at some point, I don't know. It wasn't a conscious decision. I just started v- watching them as, oh, these are the B movies mm-hmm. of the '80s. They're just now ultra budgeted, and I've loved them. It's when I started loving them that uh, it's like these are the new B movies. These are the movies you get to see. In, these are the monster movies that you can still see in a theater. Yeah. You know, you can't see stupid Sharknado movies in a theater anymore, <laughs> but you can see this ill-advised hellboy reboot yeah. in a theater or, or the meg right a yeah the meg, exactly meg cost obvious over obvious b movie yeah that is the beest movie there's been <laughs> like i said i just said sharknado there's yeah. been literal dozens of shark movies on netflix and sci-fi channel yeah how'd they how'd they actually get a hundred million dollar shark movie in the theaters <laughs> in 20, 2018 and make money off of it it doesn't yeah. make sense right like that feel that felt like something that should have been a sci-fi original, but but I got to see it in the theater, and the Meg kind of sucked, but I loved the fact that I was seeing this stupid shark movie, 
in a theater because it's not an experience you get now. And yeah. so any genre movie that plays Third Street, that it's is definitely that, worth yeah. three seventy five for yeah. me. And what better B movie than you know the demon, uh, crime fighting, yeah, you know, foul mouth, how how full uh, beer drinking does that yeah. sound already? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is yeah. This it is, sounds like a Charles Band movie that costs somehow sixty million to make instead of three million to make. Exactly. It's so dumb. And but is it good? But is it good? I'll answer that in the second hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciate your question, yes. but I'm going to build to that. Okay. No, um, We're going to hold questions so till the end. I'm not a guy who reads a lot about movies or right. watches a lot about movies we before know that. I see them. Yeah. Uh, you don't I want like, any spoilers. You, you don't yeah. want to get thrown off on, on what the movie's going to be. I want to go marketing in with, is so deceptive with just my own expectations. Yes. Unaltered. Or, or, un- or non-expectations. Non-expectations. Yeah. Uh, because I've seen too many people, and it's never a satisfying conversation when somebody watches a movie that you happen to love, mm-hmm. and you're interested in knowing what they thought about it, because you're hoping to talk about this thing. And they go, well, it was just different than I thought it would be. It's like, oh, so, and then it's like not a criticism of the movie, it's just like, oh, I just thought it would be that Schindler's List would be this rollicking slapstick screwball comedy. And it turns out very serious. Yes. Exactly. And you're like, I have no idea how to continue this conversation because mm-hmm. you're you're judging it on something you just assumed would happen instead of letting the movie do its thing. Right. And so I, I read up on stuff afterwards and I go in there with as little knowledge as possible. The only thing I knew about Hellboy was that I'm not a gigantic fan of the franchise as a whole, even though the second one I do think is criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. And I did happen to see that it's in the like low teens percentage-wise on Rotten Tomatoes. Very low. Yeah, like 15%. But I also tomatoes. hate to say that seeing like a, what what did you say it was? 13? 15. 15%. Yeah, 15%. Ooh. I, I want to say it was 13 when I saw it. Oh, I yeah. We might have had well, one what, guy throw in a... a who knows? I'm, on the, I'm looking at the Wikipedia a little bit here. So, yeah. The, we, at, we had one guy throw in a two and a half out of five star review. Yeah. And they're like, let's just count it. Give him, yeah, give give him, him this th- one. 13. Bump him unlucky up number. Yeah. Um, but that kind of made me more excited to see it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of great when a movie is thought of as excellent or outright offensively terrible you know if a movie gets like 52 percent on rotten tomatoes you're like oh so everybody's on the fence exactly cool right everybody's somewhat okay with this (laughs) but going in knowing that like oh a lot of people think this is really bad okay i can devote two hours to a genre movie for 375 that it's apparently a crime (laughs) against humanity and again 375 if you hated it whatever you know if an hour in you you're like i'm done i mean you're not the kind of guy who walks out of a movie I, i've walked I out but... of a couple movies in the last five years yeah. but it's not a thing i typically yeah do. but again you're, you're not missing you're not losing too much and in this day and age it's more uh well it looks like i'm uh gonna be on twitter for the right. next hour in this movie which did happen during how to train your dragons three <laughs> which i saw at third street which a couple again, weeks ago you don't have to see everything just because it's there two no. <laughs> hours a week on a on a movie at third street yeah it's cool and and it got huge reviews i really liked the first dragons 
The third one was abysmal. God, I hate it. I haven't it. seen any of those. So I was just on Twitter for a, the yeah. last 50 minutes of that movie. Fair so enough. I don't usually leave. It's just like, well, I'm in the dark. I'm going to eat popcorn. Right. And, fucking and it's usually Twitter. a pretty empty theater. It's I was There was me and a mom with two kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to dump on it with them in there. Yeah. Uh, but so Hellboy, again, it was m- probably me and two other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't get the hate, honestly. I had such a fun time. Jason showed up 20 cool. minutes in. Yeah. Uh, it Didn't was... miss anything. Yeah. Well, he did, no, and yeah, I kind of yeah. loudly caught him up. <laughs> Annoying. <laughs> That's the Hellboy. When, when Jason that comes to the guy. movies with us, he'll sit like three seats away. <laughs> yeah. So it's like me alone in the theater with a friend I've known for 20 years, but he might as well like be not even know I'm there. Uh, so he's like sitting two seats down for me. Funny. So I do a quick catch up on what he missed. So after the fact, I read reviews that were like, after five minutes, I was already checking my watch. Mm. And it's like, I have no idea what that person's talking about. Because whether you disliked the movie or not, the first five minutes, or the movie in general, is not boring. Right. Like, they they do cool stuff. It is really fun. It's kind of playful. I, I kept thinking, and it was weird because it's not a word I use. But the CGI in the movie is playful. Hmm. It doesn't go for realism. Like, it doesn't look like a Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, right. Harry Potter. Like right. You're talking about a demon man yeah. walking around. And so, and he comes... Love a Doom or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. right? Well, that's all special makeup effects. And yeah. the Hellboy character oh, yeah, looks yeah, great. Yeah. But a lot of the monsters or creatures he faces, it doesn't have that Game of Thrones. No, we need to make this giant look like a real giant. Right. There's giants in this movie... And, you know, it's a little more playful. It's a little more cartoony. Well, that's the CGI. That's what's so confusing because the big consensus on the Rotten Tomatoes, right? Mm -hmm. The big bereft of the imaginative flair that made earlier Hellboys so enjoyable. The soulless reboot suggests Dante (laughs) may have left a tenth circle out of his inferno. Harsh. So Um, I didn't learn until afterwards. Occasionally, (laughs) this is all like... uh, but it's just fun. like it's, Sam it's, Elliott yeah. doing. It's funny Lebowski to me that you, you like, found it sometimes fun. Sometimes there's a movie. Yeah, you you found it fun uh, or at least uh, <laughs> enjoyable. So it's it's yeah. crazy to me how so many people didn't. How so many people not just didn't like it, but so like I said, sometimes there's a movie yeah. that comes along where every critic seems like they're all just calling each other up. And ganging exactly. up Here we go. on this specific movie. Yes. Like, this is the one where I'm, I've am i been honing a couple of these jokes back. Exactly. And now I can unleash these witticisms <laughs> in a movie that does not deserve my time. And that's yeah. why I was talking earlier about Ebert, where they just, where he would get fixated on a thing. And like, oh, so you just let a weird thing totally derail what was, should have been a pretty fun movie. Yeah. And... I was actually shocked. I knew it had low reviews, but there's varying degrees of low reviews. And these Hellboy reviews definitely hit that special cabin boy level Mm. of reviews where all those writers were like, it's been a long year and I've been (laughs) waiting to take out some frustrations on one flick and this is going to be the one. Yeah. And cabin boy is a movie that I love. I love Chris (laughs) Elliott. I love the movie. It is a bad movie. Right. It is awful. It is... I understand everybody that dislikes Cabin Boy. 
due to my age and due to my stupid love for Chris Elliott and everything about it, I just happen to love it while acknowledging that it's the worst. Absolutely. It can be both. It can that's be both, the, yeah. That's the great thing about movies, and especially the B-movies, and like, mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, it doesn't have to be Schindler's List for you to enjoy mm-hmm. something. It can be silly and convoluted and maybe bloated with unnecessary action yeah. scenes and fun and and a thing you like yeah still. yeah and a, you know whatever but, but when cabin boy came out i remember this so much i thought they were gonna kill him i thought they yeah, were i thought right? they were gonna hunt chris elliott down <laughs> and burn him yeah so i um, it was that it was that visceral yeah cabin boy came out and i was 10 or 11 years old <laughs> and for whatever reason I really loved Chris Elliott. My my dad liked Letterman, and so Chris Elliott was a longtime Letterman writer, and sure. I would see him on that. Then Get a Life was a show on Fox, when which was at my peak, like Simpsons is a thing that is now I'm devoting my life to. And, oh, this other show, too. I'm just watching every Fox comedy now. Like, yeah. this is speaking to me as a <laughs> nine-year-old right now. And uh, so Chris Elliott's Get a Life, even in retrospect, like it didn't make sense at the time, makes even less sense now that that was a thing on television. And so then when he got a movie, Cabin Boy, it was a thing I was genuinely excited about. Yeah. And my parents, not as big of fans of Chris Elliott as I was. He was a guy that was just... They're like Letterman. They're like, who is this Chris Elliott guy yeah. that keeps coming on? Elliott is just this boob who <laughs> dominated a lot of TV time in the late 80s, way to early put it. 90s. Just a boob. Yeah, well, he's this guy who buffoon. who has made this beautiful career, and he's had a very successful career, yes. of being a confident guy with no right to confidence. Yeah. He's the perfect That's exactly white male. It right there. He yeah. is the guy who has un, untethered confidence. Yeah. He's but just... is not good at anything. <laughs> and he knows and, and that's his character and it's beautiful. And so I was so excited for Cabin Boy. Mm. And when the reviews came out, when we got the newspaper in and it was just savaged, my parents clearly were like this validates us. Uh-huh. We are correct about your awfulness. What are some other? I'm trying to think of some other like of the worst reviewed movies, like uh, like that '98 Godzilla. '98 Godzilla got. I savaged. mean, that is a bad movie. Yeah. Me and my dad it saw got, it. In, it got <laughs> in the theater. Sacked. He yeah. took us uh, on a Saturday. I it remember got it. Taken to town. And it sucked. Yeah. Uh, Ebert's review for North is really oh, famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North, North was also. It's a. That's it's, a classic. It's an ill-conceived movie. Yeah. But the. By reading the reviews, you'd think that, like, some guy was just an incompetent idiot yeah. with non-actors. Like, you've never seen reviews this mean. Oh, for well. Just, for a mediocre movie. I was going to say, uh, I'm looking at, like, the list of worst-reviewed movies. Uh, Jack and Jill, the oh, Adam yeah. Sandler one. And that, that's a movie that's weirdly got, got a cult following now. Got torn apart. Like now, uh, that that movie's like plays at the Alamo Draft House now. Really, it's like a cool thing. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. Well, because is that the one with uh, De Niro or not? Pacino. De Niro. Pacino. Pacino in plays it? himself. Got it. And Pacino is that's probably enough. Pacino of a is reason. definitely my least favorite. Oh yeah. Highly regarded actor. <laughs> I hate that dude. He but he steps over every freaking movie. And I'm a guy who loves Timothy Carey. Mm-hmm. So I love a good scene hog. <laughs> and Pacino's scene hog. Do is a weird thing in that he gets acclaimed as just this all-time great. 
when really he should be the guy who gets all this shit that Nicolas Cage has gotten for the last 15 years. Right. Of being like, oh, this guy used to be good, but he's a hack. It's like, no, that's just Pacino for the last 50 years. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, now Jack and Jill is now like a cool Jack and thing. Jill. Ishtar back in the 80s. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, Josh Drake loves Ishtar. I'm loving these. Uh, just Ishtar looking is at fun. These, uh... Ishtar is a funny movie. But it was savaged in... Uh, you know, yeah. uh, the Spielberg movie, 19, what was it, 1980? Uh... 1941. 1941, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. that was not oh, well done. butchered. Or well received, but there yeah. Is, but uh, there are people, uh, actors. Or even like and... uh, Waterworld. It seems like it seems like if uh, there's blood in the water, yeah. not to be uh-huh. Waterworld, but like if a movie has a troubled production or there's like bad buzz about things. And I don't know if this necessarily happened with Hellboy, but I think there was a bit of like. It felt like piling on. Um, yeah, it felt like they. Like, it felt like they knew they were safe to attack. They knew, yeah, they knew that one. the fanboys of Hellboy you know. hated the idea, right. and it felt like a safe thing to dump on. Yeah, like we can get out these things, and I hate to be the you know tinfoil hat accusing every critic of being in on it, but sometimes there's just this group dumping on. Yeah, and Waterworld. I'm sorry, we saw that with my family in the theater. Me and my parents and my little sister loved it. <laughs> we had a blast watching Waterworld. I have not seen Waterworld since. Yeah. It's now been like 25 years. But in the theater at the Raven in Healdsburg, we had a blast. I feel ball. like I remember renting it and, and enjoying it. Yeah. yeah you know? It's Dude, uh, but, but my mom but you're going loved to see Dennis it. Hopper in it. Yeah. He, had a, he was awesome. We loved it. But... Maybe you guys didn't, but I feel like that one and, and movies like Hellboy, it's like people are going in ready to hate it mm-hmm. already. And uh, yeah, that's just you're not going to enjoy something if you've already got that mentality going into oh, it. Yeah. Anything, whether you know, it's like that's why a kid doesn't want to try spinach or whatever. They just think they're going to hate it. Yeah. You, it's you know, it's, it's, it seems like a very like Man, ignorant. The, that that was always the go to ugh meatloaf again. Uh-huh. I'm like sitcoms as a kid. The first time I had that's meatloaf. how I feel about Meatloaf the singer, but uh, yes, no. <laughs> that's for our Meatloaf episode. <laughs> the loaf, uh, but like, anyways, yeah. When my mom made a Meatloaf when I was like a teenager, mm. it was like, oh my gosh, meatloaf people have been lying to me all of my life. And so yeah, if you go in just preconditioned, I hate something. So I'm sitting in Hellboy. I have no expectations of this movie because I know I paid three seventy five. The exit's right there exactly like i came like i can leave at any time i could probably honestly get a refund they're so cool that i heard a woman say like oh yeah you know i came in late (laughs) they gave her a refund wow they're a customer service business right so if i just go out there and be like hellboy was terrible they're not gonna fight you over four bucks yeah yeah there was a i think when i saw it comes at night Yes. A couple years ago, which I really I enjoyed. That came, I think that came up, yeah, but yeah. How Where, yeah, the woman straight up you? said, yeah. like, yeah, a lot of people hated this. Yeah. So it's like you can tell they've been giving out a lot of refunds. And so I knew, like, yeah, they they got my back, whatever. Yeah. This, is, this is two hours. From the first minute, this movie was so fun. Cool. It was well, really Well, now fun. i got to go see it. The, Shit. The movie, it's ridiculous. It never... You know, it has a funny spirit. It doesn't try to be these overly important comic book movies. Right. Where they have, no, this is life and death. Which is kind of what's gotten me out of all the Marvel movies in general. Tell me about it. I just, uh, I don't have time for that gravitas. It's way 
yeah, way too serious. Yeah. We're, we're talking about Iron Man here, you yeah. know? And, and, yeah. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. And Hellboy. <laughs> that one turns into a green monster. <laughs> He's upset. <laughs> but he can kind of control it. Oh, okay, that does sound very serious. Right. Uh, so Hellboy. So Hellboy's not taking itself yeah. that seriously. Well, that's a great right? thing. The whole movie is literally about. I mean, the, that whole character is that kind of breaking down that idea. It is. Of, it's a having winking, be, like satirical look uh, at yeah. these. Ugh. Just because I'm a demon doesn't mean it has to be all brimstone and yeah, and, and seriousness and all that. Good and stuff. so it's yeah. it's not serious while dealing with the literal hell apocalypse. Mm-hmm. The it, the upcoming literal takeover of demons from hell. But the movie keeps it bouncy, keeps it playful, keeps it moving along. Hey, hey. Their attempts at uh, humor, don't they kind of always fall flat a little bit. There's like yeah. a couple of end of scene one-liners from Hellboy. And you just kind of acknowledge like, that was dumb. But now we're on to something <laughs> else. You know, and it's, you yeah. kind, and I kind of was appreciating its formula of end of scene one-liners. You know, it made me feel like I was watching true lies or right, something right. you know and uh so from the first the movie starts with a flashback to the days of king arthur mm. so right within so the person that was like after five minutes i was already oh, checking my watch they hate camelot five minutes in you're getting medieval horseback riding with sword beheadings and witches and uh sealed documents of that must be buried at the edges of the earth. And I'm sitting there like, that sounds cool. Who is hating this? <laughs> like, who is who is already tired of this? Yeah. Because this is nothing but fun so far. And then it's very... If people were looking for something important and serious mm-hmm. and to stay on a, a consistent narrative track, this was not that movie. Yeah. But it was really fun. Right from King Arthur days, we go to a modern lucha match. Oh, well, where now, Hel- now I see yeah, why you like this movie. <laughs> where Hellboy is now watching this underground lucha door battle, which I, movies always portray pro wrestling as it's so dumb. <laughs> like, they try and make it more edgy and cool than it's ever, ever been. Right. I have seen wrestling shows. It's mostly a lot of fat dorks who were all embarrassed that we all like the same thing. There's camaraderie, but... Yeah, we feel shame. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and it's always the, in movies. It's always like go to this secret location, knock three times on the door, then you'll allow it into this right. cool lucha for a lucha club. match. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, that's weird. Really, it's being held at the community center <laughs> yeah. on a Thursday with I've, the full like fluorescent full lights. lights up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have seen so many wrestling shows at Jewish community centers and YMCA's. Like that's where. Yeah. underground wrestling <laughs> it's only underground because most people don't know to show up exactly uh and so then you cut right from king arthur days right to modern lucha and it turns out one of the luchadors is a demon who's working oh, like a chuka, yeah. chupacabra gimmick but he's really like a demon chupacabra and so 10 minutes in it's just like this is fun as hell and I, I assume Hellboy leaves the demon alone and they don't have any kind they of interaction. They no confrontation with this demon <laughs> at all. But so it keeps, it just throws you into tons of different situations. You get a couple of huge, or uh, a, a bunch of giants that yeah. Hellboy has to battle, like ogre type fun. giants. So you get to like weird Lord of the Rings moments. Ian McShane keeps showing up as the guy who found Hellboy. Because right. yeah, 
we talked about the idea of reboots we go through the whole process of how ian mcshane found hellboy yeah that's and tough. it's like this movie came out 15 years ago yeah like everybody's yeah. familiar with it we get it so yeah it is an actual reboot where they're retelling the origin story mm-hmm. of hellboy and there's no romance angle do you think they had to like if you if if you didn't know that hellboy was like found by this or or if there was just maybe like two lines of dialogue like hey you've been an asshole since i found you in that crater in 19 you know 62 <laughs> or whatever and then it's like yeah well that's who i am what i'll say son is, of a demon is i really loved how they did the origin story here it it would have felt it could have easily felt so inessential yeah um, okay that's good to the story but here they did it they turned it into the whole you know it was the nazis secret plan and right right that's what yeah there's a great cameo from thomas hayden church mm-hmm. of all people playing the uh early 40s superhero like lobster man who's yeah well, stopping lobster the nazis. johnson lobster or something? johnson yeah, yeah that's a great character and he is thomas hayden church has the perfect dumb guy bravado to play this satirical mm-hmm. pro-america character i could see that yeah. and so i think thomas hayden church is only in one scene in a, that flashback and then a post-credits scene Ooh, yeah we get some post-credits marvel action you stuck around for the post-credits yeah that was <laughs> into it, you know? that's cool though yeah uh, no. and the movie just if something doesn't work it really is that situation of like, well, that didn't work. We're into something else right now. Like, so I think yeah. pe- if people complained about like, it was all over the map. Yeah, it kind of was. But I also wasn't looking at it like it was the Seven Samurai. Uh-huh. I was having fun watching a movie on a Thursday night when I didn't have to go to work the next day. You know, like it was great. Yeah. And uh, Jason. Uh, so, yeah, my buddy Jason one part of our movie crew yes uh he showed up like 15 minutes in and uh obviously he was intrigued for the same reasons yeah i was and felt the price point was correct <laughs> and yeah. yeah nice we like i said there was no romance angle the first movie spends a lot of time with him and selma blair right and i like their relationship and i love selma blair uh you blairs i'm a i'm a big blair head <laughs> So when I I walked out of the movie Selma, very disappointed. <laughs> That's see, you got the false advertising. This was wildly yeah. see. When sometimes you talk about, that sometimes that no expectations. Yeah, no thing, expectations. It burns me. <laughs> I just thought it was a documentary on Selma Blair. Then I had to like learn about hate speech. Oh my god! Ugh. <laughs> That's perfect. It's brutal. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, when I saw Dream Girls in the theater, we're talking obviously twelve years ago. Uh-huh. I had no idea it was a musical. Oh yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> I just all I heard about was like Eddie Murphy's back, and I was like, oh, I'm Eddie, interested in seeing Eddie Murphy Eddie being Murphy back. Eddie Murphy back. And yeah. then twenty minutes in, I was like, oh Jesus, <laughs> I just walked into a full musical. Oh, nice this is bad. So, no. uh, so but give so Hellboy a shot, huh? Yeah, that's what it, we're saying. As much as I enjoyed Selma Blair in the first one, I really enjoyed there being no romance side angle right in this for in this reboot it is just That's hellboy good. getting into mayhem and like i said the cgi is not flawless but it's fun the whole movie was a good time cool and yeah jason and i were leaving and he was just like what do you think and i just said you know i really liked it and he goes 
yeah, I did too. And then I go home and read nothing. Nothing but garbage. Nothing yeah. but people Tough acting stuff. like this movie is a crime against moviedom. Yeah. How did this even get made? I'm sure there'll be that podcast. How did this get made? Uh-huh. And well, you know, maybe it'll be one of those where it'll find its audience later. People who don't aren't doing the knee-jerk reaction. Uh, you know, there's a couple nice reviews on IMDb and stuff. Um, you know. Yeah. I don't it know. Was, uh, but it's it's got to be tough to reboot something like that. So beloved, so soon after. So quick. Relatively, I mean, yeah. We're barely a years. decade after the second yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, so I get why there's going to be that fanboy backlash. I totally get it. I understand, you know, being fully devoted to something. But, man, this movie got an unfair rap. There you go. And it was really fun. It's a well worth checking out. Excellent. Yeah. Um, do we want to take a break before Pet Cemetery, or you should we just roll? We, let's just roll. Let's keep rolling. Let's do yeah. this. Uh, let's another another reboot that came out this uh, earlier this year, uh, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um, another one that uh, maybe didn't quite get the uh, vicious attacks from critics, but I don't think it really got much as far as a critical response. Yeah. Now I very we, middling, but we, uh, all, we, we saw, that saw that one, that, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, you we saw it in, in at uh, just one random night at. The Roxy. Yeah, we went like Kleiner. Yeah, this was not. This was at the uh, yeah the we nice can't support, the first yeah, run. We didn't want to wait till Third Street for this one. We wanted yeah. to. See, we wanted to be on. Top we were of yeah. This. We were a little bit more hyped for this one. Um, I think just because Stephen King, that angle pretty um, hot right now. You know, I'm 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 a fan of Stephen King's. Uh, going back to being a kid, and I read Pet Cemetery as well as many of his other books. I, I think uh, it's, when I was young, was and, Stephen King your entry point into like horror? He was mine for sure. You know, uh, probably. I mean, adult horror, like uh, okay. something that wasn't um, "Are You Afraid of the Dark" on sure. uh, Nickelodeon oh. or uh, <laughs> "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark." Oops, sorry, I keep hitting my microphone. Uh, "Scary Stories to Tell in the, in the oh, Dark." The three books. Uh, the, those those books that are now get getting the, a, get a the movie later. <laughs> um, and R.L. Stein stuff, of course. You know, I'm a big goosebumps, goosebumps guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, King would... was definitely the first where it was like, all right, let's read an adult horror, oh, sure. and then and then I read something like Pet Cemetery, which is all about grief and child loss and <laughs> yeah, uh, <sighs> just really heavy heavy material, uh, you know. And then I read it, or I read something else uh, like uh, Needful Things, that's all about trauma and mm-hmm. ugly emotions, and just like I think that's why King is so great because it's not just the story that's on the surface; he really gets at you. Yeah. on an emotional level even though it can be kind of not uh he's so popular i feel like that mm-hmm. he can be kind of uh written off so to speak i think so there well there, whenever but something gets to a certain level of his stuff is popularity. very yeah i think his stuff really carries emotional weight when it when it wants to and uh oh, even sure. eleven twenty two sixty three, the time travel i've book, not read that one i know the uh, it's it's really great it's got a great emotional uh core to it so yeah, i would Pet say cemetery very emotional book um you know i don't know if you don't know the story it, uh the uh the reboot kind of uh kind of has the same plot but with a big twist and so uh yeah but the story is you know uh dead is better dead is better and that's kind of the tagline right yeah i um stephen king for me i uh I would say, yeah, my intro to horror yeah. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. was like TV movies. 
because mm-hmm. um, my parents hate horror movies. But TV movies, those were a big deal when I was a kid. Absolutely. Like, there would be, you know, actors you recognized doing a Sunday night movie. And uh, there was a lot of horror ones. And those would get shown, like, during uh, Halloween you know, mm-hmm. ABC would play Karen Black's Trilogy of Terror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, The Midnight Hour was an obscure one that I love. We've watched uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. That was a great one. so great. That was great. One of the, like, a leg- not just a great TV movie horror. Yeah. All-time Guys, great horror go movie. go find Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. We'll do, we'll do a, we gotta do an anniversary episode of that one or something. Yeah. Like, Halloween theme. Masterpiece of a horror movie. Yeah. And... So when I was nine, that's when It was a two-part oh, yeah. ABC TV movie. And it was the scariest thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> we, you and I watched it back. Decidedly yes. Couple, not scary. We watched it back ago. before the, the reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before to last get us, year's. Uh, to uh, get us hyped. Part one, yeah. And now that part two's coming out soon. Which but, I'm um, so stoked for. <laughs> yeah. um, but so that was like, I was nine stuff is you know situations were getting more real that movie terrified me man oh yeah that terrified me tim curry but, i mean we're talking nightmares didn't mm. want to shower but at the same time it just made me want more <laughs> I, it's I know sick it's, it's gross it's a strange but, emotion uh, so my dad's office uh his dental office mm-hmm. in healdsburg is right across from the library so i would spend a ton of time at his office as a kid nice uh, after school or whatever and i would just go across the street to the library and that's where i would read you know rolling stone and spin when i was 10 11 years old and they had 20 different stephen king books oh yeah and i devoured them <laughs> like just reading them there in the library and pet cemetery was one of the first ones mm-hmm. that i went for i think because it on the surface doesn't look that thick like it is a thousand pages you know the tommy knockers is a thousand pages the stand is a thousand pages the totally shining right. is a thousand yeah. pages the very the very Pet first cemetery one... is probably like 400 pages no, you're right? totally right the yeah. first ones i went for were i the... mean that's how i did it yeah. <laughs> I, I built up from... i read his short stories first I, i'm this exact yeah. same yeah. i started so the healdsbury library had the creep show comic book Ooh. the comic book that came out in conjunction awesome. with the movie yeah so it's all five stories from the movie but in a graphic novel. Cool. And I like, oh, that was my favorite thing. Nice. I loved that. And so then I went to the short stories. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is a great, oh, there's a bunch of 13-page things. It sounds like you did the exact same exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah. Which I didn't know when I, I started talking about that. Nightmares That's and great. Dreamscapes, I think, was the first short story collection of his that oh, I read. And yeah. uh, I read all those. And great. yeah, then got into stuff and like so all Pet those. Cemetery. But then, yes, Pet Cemetery. It was like, oh, I recognize this from a recent-ish movie. Right. In, and it is a shorter one. Like, then, yeah, like you said, it is like 1,100 They're bricks. pages. They're you know, giant bricks. Huge. Even today, it's like I haven't really gotten... I don't want to... I want to read The Stand, but I don't want to have to read The Stand because <laughs> it looks so it's massive. So um, anyways, yeah. but... Uh, no, I did. I did the shorter ones. Like Christine is shorter. Sure. Uh, and you know, even like Firestarter. Lot, Firestarter for sure was a good one. Um, yeah. So I did those, which also had, you know, obvious movies tied to them. Yes. I think. Yeah, and so yeah, and I Pet don't... Cemetery was a natural one for me to dive into. Pet Cemetery had the '89 uh, film that came out, which was pretty popular at the time, made a ton of money. Yeah. Had a sequel of its own. Um, yeah. 
again, another one that maybe uh, people don't necessarily are, are asking for a reboot. Like, no. again, it's well, like it's been 30 years, but, you know. Even more so than Hellboy, though, I did think. So I was really excited for Pet Cemetery because mm-hmm. we went and saw it in a theater. And when it got announced, even knowing I probably wouldn't like the original it nearly as much now. And I don't. Yeah. Like, it's it's silly. The yeah. good stuff is genuinely good in the original It, but it is long. It doesn't age well. And it doesn't age And I, 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 I would imagine uh, Pet Cemetery, the original one, has that same problem of just the hair and the clothes. It's from not the even eight, that. It's just not as good. Mm-hmm. It's just not as good. The It story, there was something there to the story. And so I was initially skeptical and didn't want it, and I didn't love the clown design when pictures were released and that kind of thing. Right. But then we saw it opening night. Packed house, sold yeah, out. They did a whole a special event for it. And I really, I loved it. Cool. I thought it was great, the It reboot. And they took, they expanded on a ton of stuff and a ton of the symbolism that the TV movie really couldn't go there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the uh, abusive father with the main girl. And the main girl in It, I thought, just made that movie. Yeah. I thought she was in so the new great. One. In yeah, the, new, yeah, in the yeah, reboot yeah. of It. Yeah. She was so important in the story. I was totally unfamiliar with the actress. I had only assumed, like, oh yeah, there's she's probably gonna play a young eighty Amy Adams in mm, a thing, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure she did for <laughs> that yeah. miniseries. I'm forgetting. Yes, yeah. Oh, she uh, was so. What was that? Sharp object. Sharp object. Yeah, yeah. And it was great, and so she was so good in it, and it really expanded on the whole like, no, you're my little girl, and. Yeah, this is where creepy. the original TV movie couldn't go. Right. And so I came away so into it. Loved it. Nice. And uh, we'll definitely do a part two uh, episode oh, when it comes God, out later yes. this summer. Yeah. And so it really like <laughs> kind of made me more excited for reboots. Mm. And so when the Pet Cemetery oh, reboot yeah, yeah, came yeah. out, my brain didn't even think where it was so skeptical before it. Now it was just like, well, obviously this is a great idea. And it did yeah, make you're more like, s- reboot them all. Reboot them all. Let's <laughs> run it back. And honestly, it, it made sense because the first Pet Cemetery movie isn't a classic. It's not super highly regarded. It obviously has fans. It has its fans, big time. Uh, for sure. Just like Hellboy. It's this really right. similar thing. It has very devoted fans, but it's not a perfect movie. It's not one of King's better stories. It is a good story, like you said, about grief, mm-hmm. loss. That stuff hit me. When I was Absolutely. reading that, there was one line I remember from the book. And like I said, I was probably 10, 11 years old when I read this. Where after their toddler son dies, Gage... I yeah, think his name was alert. in the book. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> was his name Gage in the mo- yes. in the new reboot yes. movie? Okay. Yes, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, where he, his wife is just going through this period of obviously being inconsolable, mm-hmm. and he comes down the stairs, and his wife is just sitting at the dining room table with her bathrobe on, and it said she had a doughy face, mm. and I'd never, th- <laughs> I was young enough then that doughy wasn't a description i knew about to describe somebody's face and so it made me the visual of that then made me actually having to stop and think about like why what did her face look like right so what it had does that those mean? kind of evocative yeah. things and it was at the perfect time of my life where i was finally reading and discovering nice. things like that and 
So all those parts really hit me hard, really made me think about that process. Yeah. And I hadn't had to deal yeah, with I grief reading, at that age. What I, remember, what I remember from reading the book was not anything of the scary parts of the mm. tiny child coming back and killing people. Yeah. I remember the extended, you know, sequences of them, you know, at the funeral and yeah. the whole process. Same here. Like Same he, here. King really takes you through just the gut-wrenching yeah. uh just how long everything is it feels when all of that is happening and, and that's what and the original, that's what i remember same here 30 years later or like I 20 said, years that, later that description of her doughy face and it just made me think yeah. of this like because yeah. the book had also you know obviously you i'm maybe that's just me i always assume all the people in the books i'm reading are good looking mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i don't know if that's dumb <laughs> like, <laughs> well at the time because you know if they're gonna I mean, yeah i've never made been... into a movie they're gonna cast a good looking actor yeah yeah so yeah. any if there's a book about a couple i assume he's a relatively handsome guy and she's a pretty <laughs> gal with the long dark hair and uh, so then i'm thinking like of a ron swanson yeah uh, right yeah person yeah. i'm thinking of uh, her with a doughy face and you're just thinking of this now this woman who I just assumed was pretty now had this no makeup, you know, baggy eyes. And right. like, I'm, I can only remember the grief of that book. Right. And both movies, I kind of hate how they don't really go into that. They yes. just say like, ah, scary cat, scary kid done. Yes. And um, take the meat out of. And so that first book or the first movie could be rebooted better. Right. Like you could make a, very serious very powerful uh horror movie uh but you know with deep familial roots yes you could do that and still have the scary cat and get arts and the first movie didn't do that the first movie was cool because how many times do you see a guy battling like a two-year-old <laughs> yeah that that's was... weird yeah <laughs> that is weird and i didn't think pet cemetery was one of those movies where there was some internet twitter thread years ago where it was like, what movie couldn't be remade today? Hmm. And I said Pet Cemetery because you can show messed up stuff in movies, but these days you aren't showing guys beating up two-year-olds. Right. That's a crazy thing. Even zombie two-year-olds? <laughs> but he didn't look like a zombie. It looked no, like that's he was true. just beating up yeah. cute little Miko Hughes, <laughs> the most adorable little child actor ever. Yeah. And so the, you know... The first movie, I think a lot of people are fond of it for the Fred Gwynn. Yes, of character. course. Fred Gwynn as Judd. Yeah. Who's who gives the iconic dead is better yeah. know, main accent. Uh, <laughs> you go down the road without a way and you yeah. got a pet cemetery. I love all those early Stephen King books. I was young enough that I had no idea about regional accents. Oh, yeah. And they're all written as somebody strictly from Maine. And so, yeah, there's all these lines that are in the books that are just like, uh, yep. uh, <laughs> that was a word king used a lot is yeah. a hyphen yup yeah and i'm like how the who what is a, this you know it's that how, attention to detail yeah i don't know how to work that into a sentence i'm 10 and i've only lived in california <laughs> you think they're uh, hiccuping yeah. like why is he writing down their hiccups <laughs> yeah it's i had no idea how to read it yeah you know literally what is this supposed to sound like and so fred gwynn crushes you know, yes. Fred Gwynn is a guy who didn't act a ton, but is iconic in like everything. Well, he was in the Munsters. Well, and, I know. Uh, I'm saying Herman Munster. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. get his judge in. Uh, oh yeah, the My Cousin Vinny. My Cousin right? Vinny. Yeah, even that late in his Pet career. Cemetery. It's like there's, but there's patches in Fred Gwynn's career. Well, of course. But he's like legendary 
in yeah. the stuff he's so good at. And so he, it's such a great uh, supporting horror character role, the Fred Gwynn role, the definitely. original Pet Cemetery. Definitely. Well, it definitely has its fans. There's a there's a documentary on Shudder right now about the first Pet Cemetery movie. Oh, you watched and, it? And uh, I watched I watched about two thirds of it, and uh, it gets into the real minutia of the filmmaking process and. I think it's really only for the diehard fans, sure. but they must, they must the exist. That the, this documentary, this documentary exists, obviously exactly. means, you know, there's the old David Cross line about how airport magazine stores stock pornography. He's <laughs> like, obviously this exists. Like, it's like, I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I don't know who's buying it. Right. But uh, magazine stores got, they're not just gonna be like, yeah, let's just like curate a pretty cool porn collection just to like show off. <laughs> well, uh, uh, you know, everything that the, at least that documentary made it sound like is that these actors from that first movie uh, still go out to the horror conventions, get a lot of attention, um, still beloved. Oh, cool. You know, and uh, so like at the, con- I love the you know, current convention that kind culture. Of stuff. Yeah. Feels like we could do a few episodes on that. I love that there's a landing spot for these character actors and these genre Mm-hmm. actors where a lot of them can make a genuine good living just being recognized by people yeah. who like them just uh, so having their cool. fans yeah yeah absolutely. i didn't uh you know they can go somewhere and people are excited to take a picture with them that right that's freaking awesome that's a great part of the culture and i didn't realize pet cemetery was such a popular convention circuit thing but it but i get it it has it yeah cool. it has that like i said it has that that fan base um but this new one, uh, you know, I, I think I like the new one more than you did. Um, I was going to address yeah. the thing you were saying about the the, the uh, how the movies don't show well, any grief. Go into, let's go into the so, new one. Yeah, the let's new one. Let's dive into that. So you and I saw it together. We saw it together. Uh, opening it, week, not yes. opening night, but we saw it. Yeah, opening week. We saw it midweek, the first week it came out. Exactly. Um, it opens with a very ominous uh you know the end of the movie it opens at the end which sometimes oh the yeah movie you see does, a brief flash which i don't love yeah which, I, don't, I don't always love but but uh they i realize why they did it at the end of the movie at the end mm-hmm. because the movie opens with seeing the scene where um the car is out in the field with the door open yeah you get a, a very and, well shot overhead yeah, cinematic yeah you see you see the one house on fire you see there you zoom in and you see this car and there's like blood on the handle and stuff and the door is open. Yeah. At the end you realize the significance of that door being open. But yeah. Uh this movie I think is uh it's a fine re, you know decent uh take on it. They try to do something different by um switching up which kid gets killed. Uh which yeah, well, is whoa, whoa. Jeez, interesting. Going. <laughs> well, what, you You're know. bringing the big guns. Everyone uh, knows about that right about that. Well, I'm, I I mean <laughs> not much happens until that point but actually the thing that really gets me with this movie is the more i think about it, there's little things i don't like about it because at the very beginning this family the creed family has moved into this ranch house they've moved away from the city mm-hmm. um across the road you see all these kids in weird animal masks uh leading like a like they got a dead dog in a wheelbarrow <laughs> and they're like gonna go bury it in the pet cemetery that's how you're introduced to the pet cemetery but you never see those kids again and they're never really brought up again, like why they exist or. or See, this is not like there's a weird. This is not fair because you were like, I liked the movie, you didn't, and then you're no, like, no, and you're okay. like, let me take all of your talking points I know. for the next half. <laughs> well, you <laughs> got like to... you're talking yourself out of not like. I was gonna say it, it. It opened with that, and I didn't. I don't like the idea of the creepy kids in masks. But then they kind of dumped it and they got rid of it, and then it became about uh, the family and 
I like the actors in it. Jason Clark is Lewis, and he's one of those great character actors that's kind of always like the third, fourth build down. You know, he's he's in yeah. movies like Zero Dark Thirty. He was in uh, one of those new uh, Planet of the Apes ones. Yeah, which uh, I love. He's good, and uh, the uh, even better is uh, Amy Simetz. Amy Simetz. Amy Simetz. Amy Simetz as as Rachel, his wife. She's one of my favorite current working you know actresses oh, over the last decade um, absolute favorite i mean she's she's arguably the best genre actress of yeah. the last decade I, I, in the I've last decade alone that you get in. like upstream color the sacrament uh she's your, in your next your next right uh, um she was in that. a few episodes of the killing yes like i mean she shows up in tons of genre work and she is great She's great. So, so she's she's so a highlight. I was really stoked. So going into Pet Cemetery, uh, I was super excited. Yes, because I was riding that two year old it high. <laughs> exactly. I loved that reboot, on that reboot so high. much. It so exceeded my non expectations. Interesting. That when Pet Cemetery came out, and plus we were kind of riding off the high on us, kind yes. of just riding off We'd the general high recently, of yeah. Yeah. in theater horror. There's. Most horror movies that I've seen in the theater the last couple of years, I've been into. Yeah. And so it's like, we're getting more money thrown at horror movies now than we have in years. Yeah. I mean, American Horror Story on TV, which I hate, gets tons <laughs> of money and it's very popular. And now there's just genuine huge horror movies in the theater. And it's a genuine, it's a huge boom period. It's good. Right yeah. now. And so I'm freaking stoked. Like, I don't care at all about the MCU, but right. the fact that we're getting actual attention and horror movies are treated like a major deal right now, huh? Yes. It's, a, it's perfect. I'm yes. riding that train, that's baby. That's good. Well, you're probably the one guy excited to... about the uh, Child's Play reboot that's going to come Dude, later this summer, right? I'm into it. <laughs> I support Team Dorif. Big. <laughs> you know? I love it. Uh, but but so so I was stoked for Pet Cemetery. Even though I'm not a major fan of the original, mm-hmm. um, I loved Us so much, and I had such a great time sitting right next to you with our little movie crew opening night. Yes, and I loved Us the movie so much. And this is like our buddy Neil, who works at you know with local Santa Rosa Entertainment Group movies. Uh, he didn't like Us, but yeah. I remember when he told us like a few weeks before Pet Cemetery was coming out that he had seen it at a you know, special insider mm-hmm. screening. And I remember him being like, I just want to say it's great. About like, Pet Cemetery? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he came up to yeah. us at our seats at one of the cult nights and was like, hey, I just saw it. It's great. You guys are going to love it. Well, So I was pumped. I was pumped when we saw well, it. Well, like, and then, you know, it's got you know it's got John Lithgow who's always great. I thought um, it you know it drops that stupid thing with the kids at the beginning, so we mm-hmm. never have to worry about yeah, that again. I did again. want to talk about that. Um, I really liked the uh, wait. So we never <laughs> you talked about it and then closed. The well, subject. there's no, there's no, it, I, they're on I screen for forty it seconds. Those, it's where it's like a, oh no, it's so like lame. oh no, let's not do this they make with the it kids seem in like the mask. Town is like. Yeah. A village that's not I didn't, been I didn't, seen by I didn't wanna, I didn't outsiders want, in years. Yeah, I didn't want us to turn into, like, yeah, the whole village is in on it kind of a thing. Um, so I'm glad that got dropped. And here's the thing. I, one of my favorite genres is the whole village is in on it. Oh, sure. But that's freaking – I didn't want Pet Cemetery to right, be that. But that's and not, so I yeah. saw that, and it's just like, oh, God. 
Usually I love when the whole town has a secret. I do not want this whole town to have a secret. Right. But, yeah, exactly. And the whole town doesn't just parade the secret down Main Street with a bunch of kids in weird yeah, masks the kids at parade. the very beginning clearly, of the movie. See, that's I do hate that about when a movie does something like that, the kids' funeral parade. Yeah. Because it feels too much like, instead of watching the scene, all I can picture is four guys in their 40s sitting at a conference room table being like, oh, it would also be really cool and creepy if we did this thing with these right. kids. And they're all just thinking about a, a dumb, memorable visual. Yes. Instead or, of something that actually works. For and, and the kids the in the masks, specifically the masks, look like the the animal masks from your next or yeah. or from like, what like, is this, uh, like wicker man all of yeah, a sudden like, they're, like what are like, we doing they're not really original designs or anything so yeah you can definitely see someone's like well we got some mets so uh, she was yeah. in that one with the animal masks why yeah, don't we have any do animal yeah, yeah. masks why don't we need we need more kids in masks uh, yeah and so. so so yeah i i was excited for this because i recognized it as a movie that could benefit from a reboot yeah cuz its original one is not a classic so there's still a chance to turn that material yeah. into a classic. So I was pumped. And I got to say, for the first, what is it, like an hour and a half movie? Hour so, 40? Yeah, about that. About hour 40. Probably for the first 45, 50 minutes, I was into it. Yeah. I was really digging it. I never got as under my skin as us when I remember turning to you and saying, I'm so scared right now. <laughs> yeah. No, Which but I genuinely was. But I was into it. I was hooked and it got to the point where I was like, you know, like a hereditary feel, where I was kind of scared for what was going to happen next. Yes, And it's I only agree. the last 45 minutes where I, you know, dislike the movie. True. But you said, so I will say I don't love Jason Clark. Okay. I'm not a big Jason Clark guy. He always seems like a guy I should like. Mm -hmm. He's involved in a lot of projects I like, mm -hmm. but he mm -hmm. always kind of leaves me flat. Like he was in a, a major post-Shield I forget the guy who did The Shield. The Shield's one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Sean. Oh, oh, the uh, showrunner. Oh, the showrunner. Off the top of my I head, I could not tell you. But I love The Shield. The Shield's one mm -hmm. of my all-time dramatic TV favorites. And Jason Clark was in a post-Shield project of that guy that didn't really work. And it kind of didn't work because of Jason Clark. Wasn't mm. as good of a character. And then I love the new Planet of the Apes movies. You talk about good reboots yeah big really. fan like that's the most Man, successfully rebooted reboot franchise done, yeah love uh, all of those yeah those are too uh, real we could be I could, a, we I could be talk, in it. yeah we'll do Man, a separate thing now i'm like we could just do a we whole could, we could show do some about apes. reboots yeah yeah i mean uh, a whole different uh series about reboots yeah. so but i don't know he he, he kind of falls flat for me a lot okay but even while seeming like a guy i should like amy Smets, however yeah she's somebody that i actively seek out in stuff Yes. If a movie has her in it, Although I, I go out of I my didn't know she was in this when we went to see it. Neither did I. Um, that was a so that was, lovely bonus. That was nice to see, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I like the first 45 very much as well. I like the buildup. I like the set design of the Pet Cemetery and the beyond because it's the it's beyond the Pet Cemetery where they must go to to uh, bury the cat. It, yeah. That, that scene where, where Judd leads him out to the cemetery is very good. I really enjoyed it. Just the tension of it, and there, I felt like, uh, I felt like there was a point where the movie was could have gone. Well, I don't know, man. That, see, now I'm like conflicted <laughs> I when I think about it because Dude, it's come like to the, come to the other side of the table because here. I'm like, 
you know, I looked that it wasn't a lot of jump scares, but then I'm like, but they do a lot of jump scares with like the truck driving by yeah, all yeah, of yeah. a sudden and stuff. But I so, but I don't know. I I, I felt <laughs> like uh, I felt like it had transcended that kind of um, cheap. It, it didn't feel cheap to me. It felt like they were really trying to build. It felt an like atmosphere. they were. It felt like they were treating it really seriously. Yeah, and and, and there was the element of like the Wendigo and and kind of the they they get into just a bit of the like kind of there's this weird spiritual energy which I don't really remember getting much of that from the original movie. Yeah, um, I could be misremembering, but. Um, so I, I I enjoyed all of that, and then it gets to yeah that big moment you know an hour in uh-huh. that that they really change course. Mm-hmm. Um, now I remember from the book, like we said, we both <laughs> and I swear we didn't know this about the other when we started talking about no. it. I had no I idea that you. you also yeah <laughs> barely talked to this guy outside of movies. Um, the fact that you also just remembered the non-horror elements of yeah. reading the Pet Cemetery is really funny to me because I'm the exact same. I don't remember hardly anything about him fighting with his son or battling the cat in the book. I remember it all, or it was I all so the brief. Grief, and I remember the in-depth journey of walking to the cemetery yeah, for the yeah. first time. It f- so put me there walking to this thing and and it made me picture this weird thorny berm that they had to walk up over but they didn't have to use their hands there was just the right steps and i was fascinated by this we have a lot of berm talk going on in this (laughs) book but this feels important yeah and it's like stuck with me and i don't think the movies either the movie has d- did a cool enough job of making it seem like you're journeying into some something different. Mm. You look at a movie we both loved, Mandy. Yes. And you get that weird feeling. They're out in the woods in mm-hmm. the Pacific Northwest. And it just, the whole thing is technically not supernatural, but just has this weird spiritual supernatural you're crossing into another plane kind yes, of thing. Absolutely. And I don't think and the book felt Pet Cemetery felt like it kind of did that hmm. to me to describe this journey through the actual weird cemetery into this maybe imagined half world. Um oh yeah, that thing up beyond exactly. these trees. And I don't think the movies I think they were too desperate to get to what they thought were the scary moments mm-hmm. and kind of skipped over this atmospherial forest. Mm. And I was kind of bummed. I was really hoping they would uh, do some weirder nature stuff. And that's, again, me judging a movie that's not trying to do a certain thing and just what I wanted out of it. But it's something that I wanted because I felt like the book made that impression on me. Yeah. And neither movie really did. Huh? I, I think the the one journey that they do take is yeah is uh pretty effective. I do like I night. think Lithgow really helps the journey. Yes. Uh in in the new movie, just like I think Fred Gwynn is good in the journey in the original movie, but I think the scene could have been more than just two really great character actors. I think it could have been a heavy feel mm-hmm. atmospherically. So a big thing about the movie that I didn't know going in yeah and i'm curious if you knew was that in the original movie and in the book the young infant son 
gets hit by it the speeding semi right whereas in the new movie it is the eight or nine year old daughter it is yes that is i the, didn't that know is that. the twist yeah uh i did Appear- not i, I did, found it so, i did oh, not sorry. oh no i was just i did not know that until it happened apparently i found out later they showed that in the trailers wow which is crazy to me because the whole i think one of the strengths of the first movie is that it is this two-year-old mm-hmm. that is the enemy. And that feels like a big deal to not... That it was like a kid that got killed. Like a really little right. kid. A, bas- who, a toddler, A basically. toddler. Yeah. In the book... Jeez. I keep... Uh, this is crazy. I haven't read this book in 25 years. Yeah. Um, but I keep getting these memories. There's the, the way he described watching his infant son running towards this busy road yes and the way the father in the book was praying that his son would just fall Mm, and saying mm -hmm. that like infants fall over all the time it's all they do (laughs) is lose their balance and fall over why is he not falling over right now like how is he staying mobile this long at the worst possible time (laughs) the one time yeah the one time you wish your kid would fall over (laughs) nope he's got his perfect balance when he's running straight towards a 50 mile per hour semi-truck yeah and the book just was so vividly powerful uh to describe that yes and this movie just kind of it it admittedly gave it was a good moment in the moment Mm -hmm. when he saves his son because then it was just like, oh, did, are they going to kill him off in a different way? That's weird. Very unexpected. Yeah, That's, that he didn't. I guess he survived. Yeah. Well, they definitely sh- they set it up where the kid is slow motion running towards. Uh-huh. The, and and so and they know they know that they, they were preying on that people big... that knew how it happened. Oh yeah, originally, well, which was smart. Uh, yeah, exactly. They they uh, obviously they had alluded to it, and the cat gets run over, and yeah, yeah. you you see Gage running in slow motion towards the street and uh yeah jason clark's like Gage. you know so they get in that slow motion but Stop yeah and <laughs> yeah but then they do they switch it up and uh the the little the girl who's yeah about eight or nine uh what's her name zelda i don't i don't in remember the, in the so. thing i think her name's <laughs> remember no, ellie Ellie. Zelda Ellie. was the sister of uh, the mom's yeah, yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellie. Ellie. So, okay. Oh, so, so anyways. Ooh, so now that you bring up mom's sister. Yeah, that was say, another part I did not remember. That, If that was in the book, let me just say that I remember zero of that yes. from being in the book. That Amy Smet's character It probably had, was. It must have been. I, it must have been, right? I don't know. I could see the reboot being like, no, this is how we make our movie different. Well, I mean, they, that Zelda character is in the first movie, but it's it's a very different. It's kind of it's a very di- it's like a it's a guy playing her, and, and it's, a, it's, it's a very differently done <laughs> that scene. Is very where different, right this, off the this bat. one. It, you definitely get it's more of uh, the way she imagines her sister moving or, or remembering uh-huh. her, her her. So the mother has a sister who had uh, some spinal condition. It was some spinal issue that also made horrible growths on her body. Yeah. So here is... Uh, so it's kind of interesting because everyone's got their own trauma already that yeah. they're processing, so which is I, what King I is all about. When I was into, and legitimately into, the first 50, over probably first over half of this movie, Yeah. was all Amy Semetz. Mm-hmm. I think she is a great... I've seen her play like a tough character. 
I've seen her play a well-intentioned but very misled yes. character. You look at her, you know, cult member role in The Sacrament, mm-hmm. where she yes. is scary in her devotion. And uh, she has a great expressive face. You know, she was wasted in a movie like Alien Covenant. Right. Where when I found out Amy Sametz was in it, it's just like, well, this movie can't fail. And it's like, oh, this movie definitely failed. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, but it wasn't her fault. She just becomes another kind of screaming She's just somebody victim, right? there, yeah. like, and not used to her abilities. And so we've seen her play a big range of genre roles. She's kind of a easy victim in your next. Yes. You know, uh, but she's great. I love her. And she carries the first half of this movie. And you see her going through this childhood trauma. How much of it was real, we don't know. And I Mm -hmm. like that we don't know. I like that we don't know how reliable of a narrator she is. She could be just this messed up person. Right. Who never actually went through this Or it's just, it's childhood memories and how those get distorted. Or distorted childhood memories, which is powerful. Exaggerated. Uh Yeah, absolutely. I was scared to death of our neighbor's dog Mm. growing up. I mean petrified of this dog mary jane this big woolly black dog who i don't know why i was scared of the dog it's not like i witnessed the dog ripping apart a child (laughs) it was like well that's gonna mess me up a big loud dog yeah like i wasn't scared of it because a clown killed my dad (laughs) it was just scary to me for whatever reason it's unrelated and no i remember i had these memories of being chased by mem by mary jane this dog and having to hide in like the bed of a pickup truck Jeez. But, I, but the dog never hurt me. Right. It never. Atta- I never saw it attacking someone dog for whatever had, dog reason. Dog had no though. idea you existed. Dog, dog was just playing <laughs> along to my weird little kid uh-huh. business. So I have no idea what started this fear, but it wasn't just me. The neighbor kid, my best friend, he was scared to death. Of oh, me. man. So it was just one of those things. And so I loved that element of the new pet cemetery. Genuinely loved it. Cool. That this was a childhood fear. We don't know how rational or irrational this fear was, but it was a childhood fear. That stuff resonates with me. Absolutely. And so you get those scenes with what that first time that Amy Smets as a child got left alone with her monster sister. Those were like intense. And they did overdo some jump scare moments in those yeah. scenes, which felt cheap. It felt like I am not an anti jump scare person. Mm hmm. <laughs> right, exactly. I, jump scares have taken a big hit. Yes, online in the last decade, they get a lot of hate from the, of, the for the true fans. Yeah, a lot of hatred. Um, I love a good. I love getting jump scared. I love sitting there in a seat and making me go. <gasps> yeah, like but I it's got to be fun. done right, you know. It's but got, and, uh, and the but sometimes it feels right. cheap. Yeah, and sometimes it feels like a filmmaker knew his actual material wasn't strong enough. So he felt the need to put in a couple of jump scares. Yeah. And that felt like he was unnecessarily insecure about yeah. the strength of these young Amy Smet scenes. I think they could have like stood on their own without I know what you mean. Jump yeah. scares. Right. Um they, so they were already scary that enough. was a little like eh, I wish we would have had more confidence in mm. our material. Hmm. But then once the daughter dies in the movie, and I'll let you take over a bit. Okay. Here now that I've because I, I I'm pretty wa- sure I've talked about Amy Sumetz for seventeen minutes. <laughs> no, um, the movie lost a lot of its soul for me because then it became immediately a movie about a creepy kid, 
a creepy nine-year-old. Right. And we have tons of creepy nine-year-old kid movies now. You wanted it's, the creepy two-year-old. Uh, the creepy two-year-old's That's a what you were looking thing for. that yeah. doesn't happen. <laughs> Even though that happened in the first one, we haven't seen it for 30 years since. Yeah. So, But we've seen a lot of kids who are monsters mm-hmm. in the movies the last five years. There's been a lot of major big screen productions, and I was didn't expect that going in and didn't want it yeah. once it happened. And I don't think it was any different than any better or it was just so like oh i've seen this a lot now well i'll say uh a few things maybe to kind of defend my original position on, on liking this movie of course that is crumbling before my feet here no 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 uh i think probably one of the hardest things to show on film would be a kid getting killed and parents reacting to that and i you know the scene where she gets hit by the truck and you see her you know, off to the side I of the road. I did like that. They, I think they did a, as good of a job as you can in that moment of of being dramatic, but not overly dramatic. Where he's, you know, he's he kind of does like a fist to the sky. There like, is a fist no. to the sky, which is a tough thing to pull but off. But it's it's hard to pull that off. And so, and then the second hardest thing to pull off, I think, would be the you know funeral scene, like yeah. of the child, and 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 you're seeing Samet's kind of just she's so shut down and just in shock and mm-hmm. it's hard to portray shock because it's a person not doing much yeah they're emo- you know physically with their face yeah. or whatever it's like when you when you're i i portraying think of, that kind uh, of like uh, allison janney in american beauty hmm. but she's like sitting alone at her dining room table and doesn't recognize that her son and uh thora birch come over right right she's so such a vacant robot Just at distant, that point. right yeah so it's, it's i thought hard. that was really good but it's a tough it's thing. hard to get a dramatic moment out of someone being distant and kind of staring off yeah, into the distance and so i you know i thought they hit, did the initial uh it doesn't answer the question in the original movie that is you can't really call it a plot hole but more of just a well we have to acknowledge that our main characters are dumb uh-huh. <laughs> and that both characters just are like, Jesus, the trucks move by this road really quick. Yes. And then they're like, well, I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> like beyond just like noticing on the move-in day that they're like, Jesus, do these trucks always go 65 have... right past our house? Yeah. No one builds a fence. No so, yeah. no attempts at blocking off True the... Uh, you think initially, like, oh yeah, we got to do something about this. Exactly. Uh, so even considering that, I'm not usually a guy who looks for like... Those kind of those kind things. of logic holes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people love that. Yeah, whatever. That just seems like a seems like something I would have tried to take care of. Hindsight's twenty like, twenty, man. That kid's <laughs> all kid's of already these, in the ground. All of these wooden steps leading into our basement are splintered and broken. <laughs> Ooh, that could be a slip and fall hazard. Yeah, we'll just put a piece of tape. That's why the you're door never gonna basement. you're never gonna be in a horror movie situation. You're gonna have lock the windows and yeah. the doors and the guys gonna I, uh, move on to the next house yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> and so even saying that and acknowledging that i thought that the the actual semi-truck collision scene was really good yeah. I, again like we see in the very beginning you mentioned the the flash forward to mm-hmm. the end of the movie we get that big overhead shot of a burning uh house and right you know blood and this is kind of the first time since then that we got another overhead shot mm, as we mm-hmm. do a cool pan over the now uh, knocked over semi truck and you see the different grieving humans. Right. Um, but from there, 
So I will say for my pizza. Yes. The, get some, let's get some positives on. Yeah, the positives uh, here. I, I tended. I actually liked the scene where she comes back from being buried in the pet cemetery, and and the nine year old girl is walking back. She's covered in dirt. Mm-hmm. She's kind of got this weird. Um, her eyes are kind of like doing a, the lazy eye thing, yeah. where they're kind of going in each I direction. Did, I liked the lazy eye effect. They did it with the. Didn't they do it with the cat? Oh, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cat had, like, a weird half-shut eye. I think that happened, yeah. I kind of dug that. And then, you know, she is just very, like, she's not, um, to me, I was expecting, like, how the little boy is feral in the first movie. He just kind of comes at you. She is just very, like, calm, and she's trying to understand what has happened to her. And I really enjoyed that she was able to have this voice of being aware. There's a scene where he's, like, cleaning her in the tub, uh, giving her, like, a bath because she's covered in dirt, and he's... And she's like, where where was I? What happened to me? And there's just this little bit of exploration into what is this beyond that they've returned from mm-hmm. that uh, I don't remember she's really getting much. She's old enough to know. Yeah, she's, she's old she, enough to know She recognizes that different. she's dead. It, there's a, a scene where she's like, I'm dead, aren't I? Like that realization and uh, the way she gets there and the way she's like, where did I come back from? I really like that scene. Because and, and, that's the thing about this stuff. The maybe when you buried someone in the old west and you just buried them in the <laughs> hole, they could come back to life. When someone dies today, I don't know if you're familiar with the process <laughs> of of what happens to you after you die. You basically um, they take all your organs out, they weigh them, they make sure, especially if you die in a circumstance that's not natural. Yeah, they take the brain out. You know, then they kind of put everything into a plastic bag, put that back into you to send you to the mortuary. Who then they take that out, they fill you with sawdust, like you know. And there's a great scene where you see her, the back of her head all stapled up. Yeah, that uh, is really. Great. There's a great little moment there, and it's like, yeah, she wouldn't even have. I don't even know if you would have eyes in you still after the mortuary has mm-hmm. gotten through with you, and uh, so it's just like this great, like, yeah, what would it be like to come back, but. You're not really back, obviously. I mean, no, it's just like things the, have changed. So it, I, I love that little moment, and then it does kind of go off the rails when she turns murderous, and it seems like she wants to bring everyone. She wants yeah. what happened to her to happen to everyone else, which is not what happens in the book at all. Not that, at or, all. or the or the movie that I remember. I, honestly, I don't the really book remember. Or the movie that is not. Uh, there's no intentions from the uh, from Baby Gage to be like. You need to experience what I went right. Like, there's none of that. So I really enjoyed that that she kind of got this vengeful streak, and that she it's different. And, and that she was like, I don't want to come back. Like, yeah, dead is better. The it idea better. of de- dead's not just better for you because you don't want to deal with the feral zombie. Dead is better for them, the person who has died. Yeah, it's better to just be dead than to be dead and come back. And that hell, it's almost like that living hell. And she's like, you made me experience this. I'm going to make you experience this. And she goes on this killing streak where she eventually gets a little bit of, a little <laughs> bit of an ensemble going. A yeah, little, uh, you know, she gets the band back together. Caretaker situation. And, and uh, the... there's a great ending. Um, I almost don't even... Let's get to, let me so let me so, say. So that's what say. I think about all that. Po- you know, she is a creepy kid, but I found her to be just different enough and to kind of have this weird self-aware exploration and then to willfully kind of savagely attack people rather than just be a programmed weird kid 
that's so there you go i liked all that i really as i made you uh embarrassed to defend your hill i gotta (laughs) say you're selling me on the parts of the movie that i didn't like as much so we are now i'm just left with this weird neutral feeling and uh, (laughs) i don't know what to think so uh i i like the points that you make about you know and i had thought about that that you know she's old enough to know right that something's going on and i did really like that scene where he's you know giving his daughter a bath and starts kind of brushing at her hair right and she's reacting very much like a little kid where she's kind of you know saying out you know when he hits like a snag right man i you know growing up we had me i would be getting ready in the same bathroom that where my mom would be brushing my sister's hair and my my sister right. had long hair that, that would felt be yanked very, yep. and and so it just felt like a moment of a parent with a kid it was really cool and you like he's that's what he wants right uh-huh. he wants to have that moment again and then there is the staples under the yeah hair, well then you, you know? start there's that you know it he can't getting yanked. he knows he can't you know he knows as much as he wanted it he's it's not gonna be it's, what he wanted the more i think about it, the like more uh the scene is really good and I have kind of, before, you know, hearing you talk about it, I had kind of written it off just because I didn't love the once, you know, the daughter's back. But seeing that realism of a parent brushing his daughter's hair and her getting annoyed by the snags and him just trying to be like, you know, it's, there's just a tangle. There's a tangle. Right. Even, the, even right. as he's realizing there's something else going he know, on He here. knows what he did. Yeah. You know, he knows that he's broken the laws. And you know? so there was some good fear. That was probably the last part of the movie that I was, you know, getting scared during. Because mm. there was that, like, what's going to happen? Waiting gonna, for that. Is he going to pull a chunk of her scalp out or something when he's brushing it? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what that. I was expecting. Yeah. Like, just her head to just clonk, you know, like rip open or, <laughs> or something. Or just, like, the neck breaks back. Yeah, I was expecting like, something more like that. And so then when he kind of pulls the hair back and sees just, you know, a zipper of staples yeah. up his daughter's head. It's like, oh yeah, that's what I did. That's who I'm bringing back. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Samets has been out of the house so, for this whole so sequence. This is why the major reason that I because there's no think I dislike this movie. <laughs> it's not just that there's no Samets. It's more that the first half of the movie, to me, felt like her story. Mm, mm-hmm. It felt like this was you know what she went through and now what she's right. presiding over. And the second the daughter dies, Samets disappears. She goes and stays like with her mother or right. something, and you don't see her for the next forty-five minutes, and it all just becomes Jason Clark's grief story. Whereas yeah. the whole yeah. first half of the movie was all of the shit that Amy Samets's character went through her whole life. Yeah. So it felt like this was her story. I get that, that. Then got completely taken away from her. Yeah, so that no, just felt wrong I get and that. weird. The and whole, I'm, I'm glad she comes back, you know, uh, at, at the very end. She gets strong moments at the end, yeah. and she's never a dummy. Yeah. She never has to be. She comes back and immediately knows something is well, wrong. Well, when she sees her kid in the house, yeah. it, there is a very much like, uh, you got some splaining to do yeah, moment. She, where they it's like, easily could have had her like, do some stupid, like, is this really happening? Like... And make it more of a positive thing. Oh, yeah. She never. She immediately is just like, no, this is incorrect. You have done evil. Which is probably the reaction we would all have. Which is a good, real reaction. Yeah, we should have that reaction. That all just helps prove my point that the 
once Amy Sovetz comes back, the movie immediately regains its yeah, step. Absolutely. It immediately remembers the gravity of what of all of this. Yes. And uh I don't know. Yeah, and I just love the last sequence where I, I do you know, I love I do love the final minute of the yeah, movie. Yeah. For as much out of it as I had been taken, I like that so essentially what happens is Everybody starts getting murdered. They all get pet cemetery. They all get pet cemetery. <laughs> Everybody's getting buried in the pet cemetery. The da- I think the daughter kills the wife or yeah, kills the, the mom. Kills her and she gets you know and her buries triumphant her, like and yeah and then the mom scene. and her come after the dad <laughs> and then the final shot is the whole family after now now pet cemetery zombies yeah uh, coming after Gage the yeah. kid who's in the car. Trap. And uh, you see the cat jump on the hood. The cat it's a great little moment. Great. But I'll say, and they're the all cat... just staring at him with that menace. And uh, you get to see the POV shot of yeah. you get to see. And Gage has no idea what's going on because he's, he's a toddler. A he's, he's a, a dumb. He's, he's like, a hey, dumb my baby. family's out he's there. A stupid baby. And the very last second, um, we'll just wrap that up and then final thoughts. The very last second is the sound of the car door unlocking. Uh-huh. And uh, then you realize you saw the car door open at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Not good for Gage. Not good for Gage. But I so, love movies that are big downers like that where, where <laughs> yeah, nobody wins. Really dead I really endings. do enjoy that where, where we all, all your failed. main characters die and are just now <laughs> damned forever. I really do enjoy that. Um, so, so I was yeah. into it. And then the great cover of uh, Pet Cemetery, the song plays at the Yeah, who o- did the, the cover? credits. Cover wasn't bad. Uh I don't know the name of the band the offhand. It's a great original song, Ramones obviously. Yeah. It was, was the best. Uh but I thought it was a great cover. And, uh, and so you're hearing that kind of cover chugging a little bit and you're just like I was into it. Yeah. For, I enjoyed when it. When we're talking about that era of like horror songs made for a movie, for me it's yeah. Ramon's Pet Cemetery and Dawkins' Dream Warriors oh, from yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street oh, yeah. 3. Dream Warriors. Oh. Like for movies that are... That's great. For songs specifically made for a horror movie that don't technically have a theme throughout the horror movie. Yes. You know, they're end credits horror movies. Yes. Those, those two are... And the classics. Adam's Family Values end credits. <laughs> Is that the rap? Yeah, I think... Do that, what they want. Do you say what they want? That, no, that family. feels like the first one. Probably both. They the probably just one. played them on both. Re- I don't know. Reboot it. Well, then you get, oh god. <laughs> then you get. Do you remember the Maniac Cop two rap? No. Over the end credits of Maniac Cop. No, I you don't. You have the right to remain. Oh man, it's a whole like Lustig said that he literally just. They weren't guys with a group. They were just three like. Oh no, that's great. I gotta go there. look that up. We gotta go. We'll do a whole Maniac Cop two show because oh, the definitely. Maniac Cop rap. And I'm pretty sure it's even called the Maniac I hope Cop so. Rap. I hope so. Yeah. It's just it's just, it's like a Ninja Turtles rap. It was the oh, Maniac yeah. Cop rap, and it only aired over the credits. M I N I A C C O P. It's basically that. It's that late '80s. Anyways, Pet Cemetery. Uh, but Pet Cemetery. So let's wrap this. When up. once Simetz comes back, I, I I love her moments, and I really did like that final minute of the Gage point of view shot of the whole family approaching yeah but then i realized once the cat jumped on the hood i realized oh yeah we haven't seen that zombie cat for like 45 minutes (laughs) once the girl is back that cat is basically yeah you don't need the doing things yeah cat's fine but yeah you don't need the cat literally every 
poster and trailer for this movie <laughs> shows this zombie cat. That zombie cat is around for like a half minute. Yeah. The guy's around for like five minute scene. You don't see that dude the rest of the movie but it's a great looking zombie cat he's a great he's cat. super mangy looking yeah. and he's this big old Maine coon shout out to Maine. <laughs> uh, he's this big old boy and he's got a good ugly zombie dead cat look and they don't even don't get that for Does like a good job. 50 minutes of that movie him jumping up at the end on the car hood was great yeah so i'm like oh yeah this guy's the boss there he is yeah he's exactly cat this guy knows what's he's been up. i assume he's just been killing other like cats and birds and yeah. like, burying he's just them been pet he's, he's been people. yeah obviously pet that's cemeterying what animals he's doing what the girl's doing yeah so i dig the final reveal that this is not one family's uh bout with grief this is the beginning of an apocalypse. Yeah, that's a very different. This is a very cool ending uh, to, yeah. than the first, than the book and the first one. So that we're now seeing the gestation period of a clear zombie outbreak. That's that's kind of cool. Yes, because I never absolutely. really as much as you're making zombie humans in this in the movie. I never thought about Pet Cemetery as a zombie movie. Weirdly, mm-hmm. like yeah. the same yeah. way I think of Dawn of the Dead. Right, and so this movie does the reveal that oh yeah it's a zombie it's movie. zombies it's zombies people <laughs> forget it jake it's zombies <laughs> yeah um but so uh, what else you got anything you, else uh... you know you won me over a little bit thank on you some of the elements uh, you, uh, you'll put it up another half star maybe another bit uh it'll help in its end of year Absolutely. placements on my list excellent but there there was it's you're welcome felt pet like, cemetery <laughs> it still felt like it fell short from what the story could be. I feel you. So now I just know in 10 years. I feel you. We're going to get. going to get another mediocre. Reboot. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to take a third times the charm <laughs> shot. So did, uh, did this make money? I think it did well. Right? I think it did okay. I don't. Not like. I don't have money. numbers in front it of me. It made like revolutionary horror money. So I. Uh, I don't think it did like close it, to that. Uh, I mean it's a 21 million dollar budget. It's made twice that much. Okay. In the U.S., uh, over 100 million worldwide. Oh so. wow! So it was a good hit. Yeah. So we God might bless. get a Pet Cemetery too. That we would, might get a furthering of this zombie. Judd's and, Revenge. And guess what? I'll be excited for it. Yeah, you will. I'll be into it. I'm excited no for it. Thoughts. Chapter two. I'm excited for all the reboots. I I'd be curious what our our listeners think of reboots as yeah. a as a thing as we an get institution. That there's a, a right and a wrong way, but yeah. it seems like. Based on just what we've talked about here, there's a lot of gray area and a lot of yes. good differing opinions. Tell us what you think of the reboots. Yeah. Uh, your favorites, maybe the ones that uh, you thought were the worst, and then uh, we'll get back to you Heck, guys if later. People are talking about specific ones. We'll probably do oh, we'll a do show them. about it. I'm, I'm already thinking you... of several other reboots I want to talk yeah. about. Jeez, the Seriously, fly, the thing, the blob. Yeah. Dude, the, 80s reboots 80s of 50s reboots movies are just the best. That's a whole episode. All right. Yeah, for, another time, for another yes, time. For another uh, time. For another time. We'll see you next time. See you Thanks, next time. guys. Thank you. Good night.